You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I'll go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to Man You Know on Twitter is at Footy Rhino. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Pete. Happy to be back. We are talking Fremantle today, so they're going to be one of these. I think I probably calculated about 10 teams that potentially win a premiership this year, but Fremantle <laughs> right in the thick of it. Yeah, they are. And, and if you just look at their trajectory, they're a young side, bar a couple of veterans. Um, Last year, we saw a whole bunch of guys improve, um, probably 10 to 15%, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Uh, they've still got so many guys who are in the early parts of their career, real high-end draft pick, top-end talent guys that we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, their energy's been really good on the track. They haven't had too many injury issues, um, only little minor stuff. Um they, they seem to be playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of strength, and they haven't had any – there's been no drama from Frio this preseason, which that tends to happen when you're in that premiership window. So I could absolutely see them being in the mix for a flag this year. Um, there is some chance for the young side for regression, um, but this team's going places. Okay, let's get into it. So we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is a preseason Fremantle podcast. This podcast has been recorded on – Tuesday afternoon, February 21, and of course, the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free, lots and retweets are always appreciated. Again, always, always make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Let's get into a few plays here, Ryan. First up, Jago Miro. So he comes over from a Hawthorne in the trade period. How is he looking inside that Fremantle midfield? Yeah, he looks fantastic. He's basically picked up... Um, all of the David Mundy stuff, the role, the minutes, um, I'd expect him to have a very similar um, season to what Mundy had last year. And Mundy was pretty good, maybe with a little bit extra in the tank because he's, I think, five or six years younger than Mundy. Um, he hasn't put a foot wrong. All the reports coming out of Frio is they're so impressed with how he trains, um, how he approaches every drill, his professionalism. Um, I mean, there was even someone who said to me that had he been there another year, he'd be in the mix for the captaincy himself. Um, he's been great. Um, I expect him to have a pretty good year, um, and Fremantle obviously a bit more fantasy friendly than what Hawthorne were last year, and I expect his role to expand. So he's a, he's a really interesting one for me. Maybe not for salary, but definitely for for drafts. I think you could you could sneak him a bit later than than most people will, will, will take him. So he's he's one to watch. Next one here is Caleb's wrong. So a few years into his career already, so he's a like an emerging leader in that team and obviously high midfield usage there as well. So the question I'm going to ask you here is, can he take his game to a new level? Yeah, and I think what how many years now we've been waiting, maybe three years. This is the, probably the third year where the Caleb, Song truth, Caleb Sarong truthers have been waiting for the big jump. Um, I, I, I'm still on board. I, I, he's in my team right now. I think he is very capable of jumping over 100 um, we saw what Andy Brayshaw did last year. That was a significant leap. Sarong's a year behind him in terms of draft age, 
you know, real age. Um, I just see that Sarong has so much talent. He is a leader already. His issues being time on ground, I would I would expect that to increase. Um, there's absolutely no reason why this guy can't become 100 to 105 point midfielder this year um, and finally make that big leap that we've all been ready for. He hasn't been bad um, in either of the two years. It's just we were probably expecting a bit more. Um, I'm expecting that to come now. Next one here, blockbuster trade over the trade period, and that was Luke Jackson joining yeah. Fremantle. So obviously we're looking at a two-ruck setup now for Fremantle. So have, have you seen that merge over the preseason? Yeah, that's going to be tough because they're both really good young ruckmen. Um, they're both very different ruckmen. Um, but Jackson's sort of more of that high-impact, um, you know, kangaroo jumping around, unicorn stuff. Um, whereas Darcy's in probably more of a traditional ruckman, but he's really good around the ground like Darcy as well. And he's, he's such a competitor and, um, he's got really good chemistry. So it's fascinating to see what the split's going to be. It's going to be pretty close to 50 50 or maybe 60 40 to Darcy. Um, I, I just, I can't see how either of those guys has a really dominant ruck fantasy season. In saying that, they'll, they're both going to be big parts of what Fremantle do. We know they don't have a, an exceptional forward line. So one of those guys is always going to be forward and they're going to be a target. Um, they've got to replace Rory Lobb, who was a focal point of the attack. Um, some of that will come from guys like Tabiner and Tracy and Amos, but, but a lot of that too will come from Darcy and Jackson. So they're going to be integral parts of friend. This is not like a, a dual ruck setup when you've got, you know, McAvoy Segler or something like that. This is, this is two guys who are, in the handful of best six or seven players at Fremantle. So they're going to find ways to get them involved. Jackson has been – I spoke to Peter Bell last week and he said there will be times where Jackson plays as, a, as an on-baller, like with Darcy in the ruck. Like that's – it's not going to happen every time, but that's how – that this is the lengths they're going to to make sure that these guys are involved. So I wouldn't be terrified of it. Um, are we going to see Darcy jump to a 120-point ruckman like the old days with Gorn and Grundy? No, that's not going to happen. But could both guys get to the low 80s? Yeah, they, they absolutely could. So it, you've got to sort of split your expectations. Um, but Jackson's done nothing wrong. Um, he's looked fantastic. He's, he might be their best trainer over the summer. Um, everything, everything they do, he stands out, partly because of his you know, uniqueness, but just also because he's, he's just such a bull. Next one here, Nat Five. So moving forward this year, but can we still see him a couple of spot times in that midfield when the game is hot and they need a big clearance type player? Yeah, yeah, you'll see it in spots. Um, I'd say he'll probably play eighty twenty forward. Um, he'll be predominantly as a forward. They want him to work on that craft. Um, they want him to to set goals up for teammates. They and you know there'll still be times when there's stoppages in the forward line where he'll become super important. Um, his ability to clear that ball and become an extra midfielder immediately. Um, but there will be a break glass in case of emergency situation, I'm sure, where, you know, and it only takes an injury. You know, it only takes, you know, Jay get it to miss a month and, and then you need another big body in there. Um, so Fife's an interesting one for me. I feel like he's kind of flying under the radar because he hasn't played. Um, he's going forward. You know, he's lost the captaincy now. Look, I don't know. I, I'm starting to think there's actually some some good value in Fife um, because he's going to be a focal point. Like, he's not Fife. They're going to kick the ball to him and he's going to have times where he pushes up to that half forward. In the match sim the other day, he played a bit of deep forward, but he also played a bit of centre-half forward too. 
So, yeah, I think we're actually undervaluing Fifey now. Um, I'm not saying he's going to you know, be a 90-point forward, but he could easily average 80. Like I'd, I'd see a world where that's very likely. The next one here is Andrew Brayshaw, the number one midfielder at Fremantle now. Yeah. Justin, Justin Longmuir was pretty big, saying that he's taking his pre-season and his fitness to a new level. So what can we expect from him this season? Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to score more points, isn't it? But he... Yeah. He's a freak. Like, every year he's come in, he's added something. Every year he works, he's the hardest worker on the track. They do this thing on Christmas Day, the Brayshaws, where, like, it's him and, you know, a few Freo players go along now and they run 100, 100 metre sprints on Christmas Day in the heat. It's 40 degrees usually over here. But this is, this is what this guy's like. He's, he's, a, he's a lunatic. Um, and he trains the house down and, I, I can see him improving. Now, whether or not you're going to get a, another 5, 10, 15-point jump in fantasy, that seems unrealistic. But I absolutely could see him being the highest-scoring player. Like with Frio's game style, with the way he gets to contests and the way he gets to space, um, he's kind of the full package. And he hasn't he, – he was ill last Friday. I don't know if it was COVID or not, but he, he wasn't playing because of illness. Um, but he's already back training today. So there's no reason why he can't be the number one player. Excellent. The next one here, Hayden Young, is big on my fantasy radar. Yeah, so, so he can he be that inner-set top James Sicily type player, do you think? I think so. I think of all their defenders, um, and they've got some creative ones down there, like other than Pearson Cox. Like Ryan's played that role before. He takes kick-outs. He's an intercept defender himself. He's a good player. Um, Heath Chapman is, I think, just he's going to be a star, this kid. I've been hiring him for years. Jordan Clark takes the game on. But Young is the best kick in the team. And Young is the guy who he will take that dangerous kick and he, he'll nail it nine times out of ten. Um, they're going to want the ball in his hands. My only concern with Young has been the same concern for years. Opposition clubs will keep putting work into this guy because he is so good. And I'm not sure he can be tagged, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if teams started putting you know, defensive forwards on him to shut him down. Um, he's been able to work through that so far, um, but this... Honestly, the ceiling for this guy is multiple All-Australians. He's a really good player. Um, I've I've got him in my team. Every time I take him out, I I seem to find myself putting him back in within 10 minutes. It just doesn't seem right to not have him because his trajectory is is so positive. Next one here, I'm going to pair together. It's Neil Erasmus and Matt Johnson. So with Fremantle having pretty solid, you know, the top of the list midfielders there, you know, Rasmus and Johnson could find it difficult to get in there. And Fremantle got a pretty deep list across the board. So how do you see them both settling into the team? And are we talking fringe? Are we talking best 22, potential sub, or are they on the outside looking in? They're going to struggle to lock in 22. Um, they're both going to play. They're both really good. Fremantle know what they have. They're high picks. Um, they want to play them, but they're just – Unless there's a bunch of injuries, they're going to find it hard to play big midfield minutes and play big games. Like I would say that there's a pretty good chance that both of them get to 10 games plus this year, but I wouldn't say they get to you know 15, 20. But just there's just not enough space, and, and they haven't really done much training on the wing. Like even in the intercard last week, they both played on the B side, and they were both really good. Johnson in particular, but they played inside mid. Um, that's what they are. So you might find sometimes where Erasmus can play some half forward flank or maybe some brief time on the wing, but they want him to be inside mid. So I, I can't I can't see them locking in spots, but they're very talented. And if a couple of things go their way with injuries, they could end up playing a lot of footy. Um, I, I'm still a bit nervous about you know their 
their, their chances of playing big games, though. Next one here is Corey Wagner. So do you think he's coming in as depth for Fremantle? Yeah, he's depth, and he's had a couple of injury setbacks. He had one about a month ago when he was going pretty well, um, and then he's just had another one where I think it's maybe a hamstring soreness again. Um, apparently, he's got a history in pre-seasons of, of um, getting a few hamstring niggles, and then once the season gets going, he tends to work into it a bit better. Um, and I, I believe, for a little birdie told me, that he was of the opinion that he was probably going to play. Like he, he was feeling really confident about his position there and um, and his chances of getting some some round one round two action. Um, he's obviously had those setbacks now. He hasn't done a lot in recent weeks, so I wouldn't expect him to play in round one. He might be a fantastic target for us, you know, down the track if he has some good form appeal um, and he breaks in because he's twenty five. I think he's a big body. Um, you know, they didn't pick him up not to play him. Um, and he can play some wing. And that wing is probably the one position at Frio where there's some doubt. Like O'Driscoll has had a hot spot in his foot. He's back at training today, but still not doing everything. Ethan Hughes was playing on the wing. He's not a best 22 guy, in my opinion. So he's obviously holding that spot for O'Driscoll. Liam Henry's been trialling on the wing. He's been unable to hold down a spot in recent years. So there's one. if there's one spot where that, that it's kind of open, it's the wing. Um, so, yeah, I would watch that space. Next one here, you mentioned him earlier, Heath Chapman. How do you see his pre-season? And it's probably the question I need to ask is, you know, what sort of impact can he have in defence from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I love this kid. Um, And I don't know, Frio do too. And I think the endless possibilities with him, I think there's a career trajectory for him where he could be playing in the midfield um, or potentially on a wing. He's got so much talent, reads the ball really well, really skillful, um, yeah, he just he doesn't put a foot wrong. So I think he's in there 22. I, I'm always shocked when I see teams those best 22 predictions and he's not in it. I think that's insane. He's mm. he's elite in my opinion already. Um, and I think from a fantasy perspective, he's already shown the chops, right? Like he's he's shown the games where he can you know get the 80s and, and even some 90s. And I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up 70 plus this year. Um, and if you're in a keeper league, I'd be I'd be honing in on this kid. Excellent. Thanks for joining us on this podcast for Fremantle Updates, Ryan. So where can the listeners find you? Yeah, um, Footy Rhino on Twitter, um, Triple M over here in Perth in the paper and on Seven News, of course. Um, we should be doing the Hardball Gets podcast again soon. We should start up pretty soon. We're just working through that now. And um, Yeah, good luck to everybody this season and hopefully it all comes off for you. Looking forward to more updates from your Twitter feed, that's for sure, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. All right, cheers.